Good evening. Good evening. Hi. All right, that's good. That's, how's everyone doing? Good. And it's excellence, right? I'm Timo, as Kayla mentioned, and this is the title of the talk, but we're gonna we're gonna go places. I think this is the only slide that mentions fear. So if you were looking for fear, you should probably go. And that but we'll we'll find out what happens. So how many of you are travelers or are in the midst of traveling? Or have dreams of traveling? <laughs> Is that a better question? How many of you feel comfortable with your life right now? How many of you are really uncomfortable with where you are? Interesting. So somewhere in between? Okay. So the idea of this is, again, I'm not here to sort of tell you the top 10 travel fears and how to get over them. We have Google, we have BuzzFeed for that. So you can go find any listicle, but I'll be happy to answer any travel talks or any travel questions that you have. Uh, to get here and how I got here, was sort of a roundabout way of leaving my roots in Ohio and traveling around the Ring of Fire. In New Zealand, I lived in a van, and I went to Australia and Thailand and Indonesia and all these places. And all of them had their own unique lesson. And I try to condense what those lessons were into sort of those three practices that I like to follow in traveling. And I think traveling for me is an every single day experience. And if you can really manifest that in your day to day, you know, getting out whatever the heck it is that you're doing, whatever traveling means to you, whether it's starting a new business or some satellites who've never been to Discovery Park, whether it's going to Discovery Park for a sunset, uh, or going outside once a day, I don't know, whatever traveling means to you, whatever that means to you, uh, we'll hit on that. So, and the other thing is, it's about creating a new story for yourself. I think a lot of us get caught in a cycle. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? You feel like you're caught in a cycle. Like, you're every single day, a couple heads are nodding, we're like, we have a societal thing where it's, you're born, you get a birth certificate, you're assigned a name, and then you like do this whole childhood thing, you go to school, and then you maybe go to a better school, and then you go to another school, and then you find Tinder, and then you start swiping, and then and then you go to college, and you're still on Tinder, you're still looking for something, you're still looking for a job, you're not really sure about things, and then you maybe graduate, so you go to another school, and then you find a significant other through one of those platforms, and you get married, and you have kids, you're still at your job, maybe it sucks, you maybe kind of ignore it, push it down into your depths and you forget about it. And then what's left? I think retirement and death. I really think both those two things are probably, and that's sort of the macro, and our cycles can go all the way down to the micro, whether it's your morning coffee habit, whether it's biting your fingernails, or being obsessed with uh, some latte drink from Starbucks that you must have every single morning to feel alive. Whatever that is for you. So, this quote really hits me, but there's no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. So what is that story for you? What is your story today? Think about what your cycle looks like. What is your what is your day-to-day -day story? Is it are you waking up horrible commute if you're in Seattle and you have to go to the east side? I commute an hour and a half to and from Redmond every day for 16 months. Miserable. I resorted to tweeting about man buns. And that's another story. But then 
sitting at a job that you may or may not like for 8 to 10 to 12 to 16 hours, programming or program managing, whatever that looks like for you, and then coming back, and then eating dinner, and then going out with friends, happy hour, oh yeah, totally cool, let's do it, let's check out this chick I match with, whatever. And then you do that, you do that every single day, Monday through Friday, maybe Saturday and Sunday, and you're doing brunch and continuing your cycle. So what, what the hell are you really doing? And what is that story that you're telling yourself now, and what is the story that it could be? So I'm here not to tell you the details of my travels, but rather to get you to tell a new story about yourself. And think about what that could look like, and give you some sort of courage, maybe at least to take one step towards making that new story for yourself. That was me. <laughs> On December 21st, the day the world was supposed to end, in 2012, exactly, I had four monitors, two computers, a phone, and I worked at this really fancy bank in Akron, Ohio, and I think this was Friday. Was it Friday? I think it was Friday, yeah, Friday at 11-11, because I wasn't wearing a tie. But I had to wear a tie every single day. And so that was, this is like the best encapsulation of who I was. I had a very cushy job. Uh, my commute was five minutes. I had a great salary. My rent was low. I had a good-looking girlfriend. So everything was here, right? Everything was here. Good title, good job, nice car, great place to live, semi-attractive friend group with some depth to them every once in a while. And then, you know, the girlfriend, you know, she's beautiful, but there wasn't much under there. It's not like not even tip the iceberg, but bless her. And so, so where where I was <laughs> was there. I was living in this shallow freaking cycle, and I was I was getting a little bit pissed off. And there were a couple of slides that I had deleted where it was me flicking. I had a lot of selfies of me flicking off the camera. I, that's kind of strange for me. I'm not really that kind of guy anymore. But it's like so. One of the greatest lessons. I'm gonna backtrack. That's distracting me. Is one of the greatest, the biggest lessons I learned from the corporate world, my first, well this is actually, this is the story of the second time I quit my job and traveled. Uh, so, cold winter day in Ohio, we're, we're going back to 2011, January, I don't know where you all are from, but Midwest, I think Seattle's bad, Midwest, Northeast Ohio, snow belt winters are three feet of snow sometimes. Uh, I played soccer, still play soccer, but games would get canceled for too hot, too cold, uh, too icy, too snowy, too foggy. Tornadoes, lightning storms, blizzards, etc. Anyhow, I walked into the, I walked into work one day, and, and the metaphors were just really hitting me. I had a badge that I swiped four times to get to my desk, and my badge because I knew I worked. I worked with systems that my employee number started to look an awful lot like a prisoner number, and that was what I was reporting. And then walking to my desk and noticing I'm going through all these steps with my number, just sort of like processing myself to get to my cubicle. It's like this is a lot like a prison cell. And then I sit down on my computer, and then there's 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 it's even gated, and there's only these little windows, and everybody like the the decor is gray, and even my coworkers had gray skin because they like really greasy food, and so it was like <laughs> Swenson's is a great burger joint if you ever visit Akron, Ohio. I'm just telling you right now. But so it, those things dawn on me, and then this one particular day, the other I was 24 at the time, and every single person around me had been there. 
actually the next newest person had been in the bank for 12 years. And you're talking to a guy who didn't even have a girlfriend for nine months, right? Or do anything for more than two months at a time. And it was this woman named Debbie's anniversary. And her work anniversary. So we gathered up in the front of the room. It's like as soon as I get in, donuts are up the front, so everybody's just like, oh yeah, donuts, done talking about the Cleveland Browns, let's go and eat donuts and celebrate Debbie. And Debbie's 35th anniversary today. And Debbie comes up to the front of the room, all the fancy titles show up, and ladies and gentlemen, it's Deborah's 35th anniversary. I just want to thank her for her service to the bank and present her with this certificate. And the CIO pulls out a certificate, and I looked at him like, I think I could make that Microsoft Word in 10 minutes if I really want to do a good job, including the time it would take for me to go get construction paper. I put on like a really thick press and that color to it, and like, Debbie, 35 years, uh, you know what I mean? And I was like, that's fucking eight. <laughs> 35 years, here's a piece of paper. Yeah, that, and, and we're all singing this song, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Strange. <laughs> Surreal thinking back on it sometimes. And so we all go back to our desk. I'm at mine, you know, I got my like, four monitor thing going on. And Debbie is sitting to my left in her own little cube. And I was the only person that could see her. And out of the corner of my eyes, she just sort of saw her. I'm at my seat and she walks back to her desk. She sits down and I see her sitting there and everything started to slow down. She slowed down. Her hands went through her face. <laughs> and I watched 35 years of her life pass her by in one single moment. And I will never forget that lesson. It's do not let your life pass you by for any reason whatsoever. Because if you're waiting for some gold coin or car, or whatever the hell it is at the end of the road, just know that there's a paper certificate waiting for you if you put your life in someone else's hands. And Debbie taught me the greatest lesson. I don't think she, she does not know that she taught that lesson to me. Um, the one word, melancholia, I don't want to live there. And so from that day, I strive to not let my life pass me by and do everything I can to not be like Debbie and the other people that were in there and been there twice as long as I've been alive with that smacked me across the face and started <laughs> from this well hang on a second <laughs> well let's talk about God so fast forward I decided I really need to do something about this and I I fumbled with this, I was like, what the hell am I going to do? Thankfully, I worked in the international banking department, and we had the benefit of having a massive map, probably as easily as big as this window in the back wall, the world, and all the clocks with the time zones and everything, just to let me know that I need to leave. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, I had no idea, I was like, I, I know I need to get out of something. This nothing's working. It looks like it's working. Mom and dad are probably proud in communities like, oh, this guy, captain of the soccer team, banker, girlfriend, oh, he's, he's fast-tracking to marriage and retirement. You know, young VIP or whatever you want to call me. It sucks. 
And so I decided the farthest point on the map, this map, was in the bottom left corner in a country, I don't know if anybody can guess what country would be on the very edge of the map. New Zealand, yes. So I decided because that was as far away on the map as possible, that that's where I would set my target. I had no idea. I only knew that there was a great author from New Zealand named Bilbo Baggins. That's all I knew about New Zealand. And so, fast forward, I had a ticket in the shopping cart with Fiji Airlines with a one-week stop, so one-week stop over in Fiji, one way to Auckland from Vancouver. And I was in Akron. <laughs> but, so yeah, put the pieces together. And I'm sitting there like, is this what I want to do? I've done all the work, all the paperwork. I've got the ticket. Uh, I, I, I know my destination, or at least the first stop, first two stops. And I'm still on that fence, still on the edge of the diving board. No different, really, than where I was before. And I needed to make a decision. And I'm on the phone with Fiji Airlines talking last minute. Their, their customer service is horrible, by the way. But I was talking with them. And then this movie comes on in the background. And I've never seen Shawshank Redemption in my life. I still haven't. But the only thing that I heard in the background, that moment where I was looking to make my decision, was Morgan Freeman, God, intervening and saying, either get busy living or get busy dying. Ain't that the damn truth? Yeah, Morgan Freeman? <laughs> I'm buying it. I hit buy. I literally, I just like this. That's all I need to say. I booked it, no travel insurance, nothing, no strings to make me want to stay. I need to get the hell out of Ohio. Morgan Freeman, he helped me. So, that began my adventure and <laughs> from from guy at the desk to there's a lot of other work that needs to go into this but this was this was me in my room at the time tearing my life apart uh, breaking breaking off every single piece of me uh, all stripping all of the roots that existed in the place that I called home so sometimes to get to somewhere and to have something that we've never had before, we have to do what we've never done, right? So this, this required me to uproot the place where I was living for 24, 25 years of my life. And that includes, that's just more than just buying a ticket. It's uprooting relationships. It's getting rid of all of the things that I had because I didn't know where I was going to return or when or if or how, if I did, or whatever that was going to look like. I had no idea. And so this person that took the, she's caught me at the right moment. Um, <laughs> but I, I, all of this I either gave away or, or sold, mostly gave away, so that I could get to a place like this and in absolute serenity and strip down as many pieces of myself as I possibly could to figure out what that thing was inside me, that voice that was yelling, that was telling me, dude, this sucks, we gotta do something about this. And Ocarina, New Zealand, one of the moments where I just decided to do something, no internet, no phone, nothing, just decided to go, and this, is, and this was what happened. No, nothing planned, and you get to places like this. You have to let go. The more you let go, the more you can take in. And, and this is, again, letting go to that. That's a pretty good trade-off. Right. So, 
the, the way there's a few philosophies uh, that that I enjoy living by that sort of helped to get to this place. And it wasn't just like one day I'm gonna up and leave and buy it. You can definitely do that. I encourage you to do that. Uh, but getting is it's a daily it's a daily practice. And first and foremost, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, comfort and discomfort. In this particular picture was a night where I slept with homeless people in Hawaii on Oahu. It's my friend Eiji from Japan. We were working on a farm. We decided not to go back that night. And we didn't have money to sleep in the Marriott in Waikiki or anything like that. So he, uh, this is actually in the morning. You can't sleep on the beach between. 